I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. We've been on a mini hiatus, mainly because of all of the events that have been going on, two of which we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about Apple's developer conference, WWDC. We're going to be talking about everything that's come out of E3 in Los Angeles this week. And to help me do that, I'm joined by Macworld UK editor, Karen Khan. Hi. And tech advisor, staff writer, Sean Bradley. Hello. So let's get on with the show. Karen, WWDC this week? Um, Well, it was actually not even last week now, I think. It was a while back. Yeah. So... Part of our brief hiatus. Yeah. meant that we didn't talk about it last week. Well, don't let anyone accuse us of bringing hot takes. We, you know, we take two weeks to ingest everything, think about it. We've had time to sort of actually absorb the uh, information we were given and see how how people are getting all the betas and so on. Good. And that's one of the great news is uh, about the iOS update, iOS 12, Mm -hmm. is a lot of people running the beta on really old iPhones, like the iPhone 5S, the iPhone 6, have found substantial speed boosts. Good, because I'm on iPhone 6, so this is relevant to me. So this is going to be a, a big deal to people with older iPhones um I think it's looking at you know apps loading a lot faster um it's 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 all to do with the amount of time it takes your your iPhone to open up an app initially and like get kick in the processes and mm-hmm. everything else that's cut right back down so things just are happening more instantaneously um there are some other big big changes coming in ios as well um we've got things like do not disturb which will let you sort of set your phone not to alert you to anything when you're supposed to be asleep um and screen time which is quite good if you've got kids say who are using an ipad and you want to make sure that they're not spending all their time watching youtube videos but also for yourself so that um yeah you don't waste all your time in facebook yeah i would say that's not just for kids that's to try and keep (laughs) a cap on my twitter usage (laughs) Um, some of the new features coming for um, iPhone 10 users, you've got things like um, Animoji. There's some new Animojis, and there's the ability for it to sort of um, copy if you're if you're sticking your tongue out. Yeah. Um, and Memoji, so you can create your own sort of avatar, nice sort of style thing. Um, FaceTime. One of the big deals there was that you can now um, have up to 32 participants in a call. So, you oh, know, forget about hellish. all cr- crowding into a boardroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, interestingly, this is something you could do years ago on iChat, but of course, iChat was a Mac app. Mm-hmm. So it's like this feature is finally coming many, many years later to FaceTime. Um, is that kind of a shift into more businessy use cases, or are they trying to sell it as a consumer thing? 
they're probably trying to sell it as a consumer thing really but um but i can see it being a a, you know helping them sort of take on skype and yeah and so on um so there's a lot more to say about ios 12 but i'm going to skip straight onto majavi um first thing was we we spent a long time working out how to actually say it yes (laughs) but apparently it's moave moave Mojave, something like that. Anyway, because um, I've always I can, heard people call it the Mojave Desert. Yeah, so. but it's it, apparently the J is like an H, and there's like a sort of R sound, but it depends on how you how you hear it. I don't. Yeah, who am I to disagree with? Anyway, that us, us Brits, we just we just <laughs> get yep. confused about these things. Um, well, we say Majorca, so yeah, we, we, we've got no legs. <laughs> One of the features that sort of uh, excited most of the people in the audience seemed to be the dark mode, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of developers appreciate because they all obviously do all their work in darkened rooms in the middle of the night. <laughs> With the hoods up. Uh, yeah, so that's great. Um, dark mode isn't, strictly speaking, completely new to the Mac. You've had the sort of ability to turn your menu dark and your dock dark, but this is the first time it's like a complete interface overhaul where you've got either a dark interface or a light interface mm-hmm. and it affects all of your apps and so on. So that looks really great. There's also a... Um, uh, your background wallpaper will be able to change with the time of the day so you'll be able to see a darker image in the night and a lighter image in the middle of the day sort of thing so it's a lot of stuff to kind of match your mood yeah yeah um there'll be some sort of features that are a little bit like ios say for example when you take a screenshot in ios you see a little um thumbnail of that screenshot and you can do sort of cropping and so on you'll be able to do that on the mac now so it's simplifying how you take screenshots on the mac and also the same for video so you can kind of capture video straight from your mac which you can do right now in quicktime but this again is just simplifying it so that you can use tools in um in sort of the finder to actually edit and crop your video and so on um one of the things they sort of made a quite a big deal about was um intelligent tracking in safari and they made a bit of a dig at facebook because they're sort of blocking the like buttons apparently in facebook um i'm not in facebook but in any website that has a like button even if you don't click like it's basically knows everything about you so yes yeah yeah. um they i I read a couple of sort of headlines about them uh, like apple making quite a big deal about sort of um not only sort of protecting privacy in in you know sort of the post cambridge analytica world but they were also making a big thing about sort of cutting down people's reliance on tech and some features yeah so that's 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 a lot of the um the screen time sort of stuff so that was like um it, it seems sort of I, I thought it was quite funny to have all the developers in the audience cheering these these sort of new tools that would actually stop people using their apps quite so much. Yes, yeah. it seems very counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. and I think the, re- the real reason why Apple's doing this is because there are some big shareholders for Apple who basically said they want, wanted them to do this. Sure. So it's a little bit like, you know, we're doing it to placate them and we're doing it to sound like we're nice and... But it strikes me as a little bit nanny state. Yeah, but also if the developers were cheering, it suggests that they're aware of sort of this issue being relevant to users and yeah. users being sort of conscious of this kind of thing. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we will. Um, and I suppose the last thing to talk about is um, moving on from the fact that the Mac App Store is being redesigned, which yeah. is a big deal, um, because it will make uh, it easier to find apps. 
There's also some big news coming up in the next year or so, which is that Apple's making it easier for people to port an app from iOS to Mac. Mm -hmm. And this is a big deal because iOS apps, obviously, there are millions and millions and millions of them, whereas Mac store apps are a lot fewer. And I suppose in some way this is Apple's attempt to sort of take some of that great stuff from from iOS to the Mac. Mm -hmm. And the... The framework that they're going to be using to make it easier to sort of translate some of the 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 uh, you know scrolling functions you might have on the iPhone to the Mac mm-hmm. without having to touch screen. Yes, because apparently you know whatever Apple still insists that it's against the idea of a touch screen iMac. Yeah. So we're not about to see that. You never but, know with Apple. I mean, yeah. they, they they could still bring a touch screen macbook out but i yeah i doubt it i think they're pretty wedded to the track yeah they say it will just it'll give you arm fatigue and you know basically <laughs> what they're saying is it, it your arm's gonna ache if you're just constantly pressing the screen yeah but then you know my kids that's what they do they run up to the tv and they press the screen because they think that's how these things work so, yeah and know? i don't think they've got too much problem with people yeah. um putting keyboards on their ipads and using that as a computer no, so no. i don't know but, um, you know, moving forward, this, this should make a difference to the kind of apps we see on our Mac and whether, um, you know, uh, by making it easier for iOS developers to port those to the Mac, then maybe it will mean that we'll see more of these iOS apps on the Mac. Yeah, and bigger picture, I think what we're seeing here is more of a, uh, a coming together of Mac OS and iOS um, in general in terms of design principles. They've always mm. been kind of separate. I think they're even separate teams within Apple. Mm. I know that uh, they, they definitely seem to see a lot of value in the, the iOS design um, over maybe the Mac. So you're, you're going to see, instead of going the other way maybe, so you're going to see the iOS design come into Mac more than you're going to yeah. see it go the other way. Just because, as you said, with, with kids now, that is the intuitive way to mm. use technology. Mm. So I think that's going to bleed into the way yeah. that the, the, the Mac OS works. It reminded me of um, when Apple initially, used to, when you scrolled on a Mac, you kind of, you did the opposite of what we all do now because the iPhone changed the way we scroll on, on a page. We pull it down now yeah. to read it, whereas we used to yeah, go used the to other way, up, yeah. and that all switched because that became the intuitive way to do things mm-hmm. because of the iPhone. So eventually, you know, that will be the intuitive way, but yeah. we'll see. So when do normal people get their hands on uh, iOS 12 and so iOS 12 and Moave (laughs) will be out in probably end of September. Um, In the past, we've seen iOS launch in September and macOS launch in October, but I would say it's pretty likely they'll both come at the same time. Um, Of course, there is a public beta, so not yet, but there will be towards the end of June, Mm -hmm. there'll be a public beta and you'll be able to basically run those on your Mac. Um, But bear in mind that there will be bugs there will be issues so if it's a mac you use yeah (laughs) if if it's the mac you use for your job or the iphone you use for work and you'd be lost without them then don't install it or install it on a separate partition or something but you know it's uh it's great that you know since apple introduced the the uh public beta that we all get to have a look at this stuff that's coming so yeah, and yep. that's why you come to your trusted sources like Mac of World UK to, to learn about these things. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, as you said earlier, the, the iOS 12 definitely sounds like 
and Apple are always going to say this, but it sounds like it's going to have a lot of benefits for people on older devices, mm. which is always really interesting. Is that going to be the same for Mojave or, or is it going to mostly well, benefit the newer models? The thing about Mojave is it's, um, it's the first time that Apple's basically said no more 32-bit. So it's all about 64-bit apps, which mm-hmm. means that there will be some apps on your Mac potentially that you use now that are 32 bit and they're not going to run. Yeah. So we, for example, have some of the really old Creative Suite apps, mm-hmm. um, things like InDesign 5.5. Sure. It's 32 bit. So if you're still running that, you need to upgrade. Mm. Um, and also because it's 64 bit, there will be some older Macs that were supported by High Sierra that are not supported in Mojave, and it's for the same reason. It's it's all about 64 bit. So. Um, so there's some considerations there. It's a consideration, but 64-bit is is quite a good thing, I yeah. think. So, fair enough. Um, and I would be uh, remiss to not mention, in his absence, uh, Watch OS. Were there any Watch OS uh, <laughs> announcements? I know if David was here, he'd want yeah, to talk about them for um, forty minutes. But... I think the thing that yeah, uh, <laughs> one of the things that most impressed me about Watch OS were things like you know you've got this walkie-talkie feature, which sounds quite fun. Um, same with TV OS, you know that's yeah. that's also coming. And there were there's some nice new screensavers from the International Space Station. And but to be honest, nothing revolutionary. Nothing revolutionary, really. I mean, yeah. Fair enough. Let's um, leave that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think one other thing that I noticed in the sort of post WWDC. Uh, commentary was that there were some people typically who were upset that there weren't any sort of hardware announcements and that it was um focused on software uh i personally find that ridiculous because it's a developer conference it, exactly wwdc is a developer conference and it is usually about software but it's also been the platform where in the past apple has unveiled the imac pro and yeah mac last pro. year did they do ipads last year um they it... might have the year before last yeah but it, it's it's rarely consumer hardware. It's yeah. u- but it's often the showcase for the sort of more developer and pro hardware that you yeah. might see there. So there was an expectation that there could have been, say, um, some new MacBook Pros um, and the iMacs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're expecting these to be upda- updated quite soon anyway. We're, we're sort of expecting that we'll be seeing the um, latest Coffee Lake chips and and that you know you'll be getting sort of uh, six cores and stuff like that apple clearly wasn't ready to be announcing that at this show so whether we see them before september which is the next big show we'd expect yeah um remains to be seen i think it's it's quite possible that we might see them in the next month or so it's kind of a typical example of apple sort of creating expectations all of their own and then people being upset when those expectations aren't met but actually yeah. that's, that's not the point of it no, exactly. And I think I think another reason why Apple might be holding back on the MacBook Pro is that there are some issues with the keyboards at the moment that it's getting sued for. So maybe it didn't want to <laughs> make delay. a big deal about the MacBook Pro at the show. And, you know, we'll see. We'll Fair. see what, what comes up. Sean, was there anything from WWDC that caught your attention? Um, just, I mean, the uh, sort of... All the sort of changes they're making to, um, I mean, dark mode was really interesting. Something people have been asking for for a long time. Yeah. But even within that, the sort of reaction from the crowd was nuts. When dark mode was, I mean, there were some very happy developers in that in that audience at the time. Um. So yeah, I mean, all really, all really interesting stuff. There is one thing actually coming. Uh, uh, 
that was announced at WWDC that probably would be of interest to you. Um, and that's about how OpenGL and OpenCL are about to be depreciated. And they are, I think, they're standards that come into the gaming story that you're going to okay. be talking about next. Mm. So I don't know much about Max and gaming. Maybe we can talk about that in a bit. But um, yeah, that's that's the only sort of WWDC news that's relevant that I thought you might be interested in. Sure, I like it. <laughs> So um, I think to sort of wrap up uh, your f- sort of final thoughts on, on WWDC, was it uh, sort of a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Uh, did did people were people excited or were they overwhelmingly sort of disappointed? I think it was a thumbs up. I think that um, ignoring the people who wanted there to be Max, I think yeah. the news we were, we weren't expecting a big uh, we weren't expecting a lot of new features in macOS and iOS because we'd heard that Apple had said that they were holding back and trying to fix sort of uh, vulnerabilities and flaws and issues because there have been a lot of bugs with uh, macOS and iOS currently. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, we're just going to get everything okay. Yeah. Um, so we weren't expecting massive changes, but we are getting quite a few significant upgrades. So that's good. And um, the news about how iOS and macOS are sort of not exactly merging, but how the the porting between the two will become easier, that was something that was rumoured. And then everyone was like, well, maybe it's not going to happen. Well, the fact that that they pre-announced it is is, is significant, and that's good news. So, yeah, I think it was good. Yeah, it's kind of business as usual, I think. Yeah. Sean, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, yeah, thumbs up. Um, it was great to watch. Great to see all the reactions to uh, to all the things that were announced. Um, so yes, good steps forward. It's amazing what developers get hyped up about. Isn't they it? loved it. They absolutely <laughs> loved it. Great. Um, going to hit you with a quick drum fill, and then we're going to come back for some E3 chat. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Sean, E3. E3. Tell me tell me every single thing that has been announced all, at E3. All the things will be told. <laughs> uh, so E3, biggest gaming event of the year in terms of every developer, uh, publisher under the sun shows up for a week where 
Uh, it's just it's just nerd heaven uh, for yeah. for a solid week of just. I mean, we're we're waiting for the news now. I'm I'm still processing, but it's uh, it's been... yeah. It's worth noting that we're recording this on Wednesday, mm. and we it still isn't over, is it? No, there's there's still there's still stuff coming out, stuff we're trying to catch up with, the things that aren't announced at conferences that are just repressed behind closed doors that we're still trying to get our hands on. So yeah, yeah So not a complete list, but um, we'll try and break it down by press conference to give it some form of structure, um, which would be useful. Um, so starting with EA's conference, um, just actually before we start. It's interesting to watch all the different press conferences come in because they all try and outdo each other yeah. with announcements. So, I mean, it's this constant, like, and it builds every year, trying to not only outperform last year's press conference for each each developer, but outperform everyone else, yeah. um, which, you know, means that we had, you know, um, Ubisoft, for example, brought out Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Elijah Wood to, you know, celebrities showing up, you know, marching bands. I mean, it's, it, it's all kicking off. Um, <laughs> so to start with EA, which weirdly starting off the week, probably the weakest press conference going, um, they announced Battlefield 5. It wouldn't be another year if we didn't have another Battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, it was had Anthem, which is EA's answer to Destiny, um, made by um, Activision, a project by Activision made by Bungie, um, and The Division. Um, sort of another sort of looter shooter. Looks kind of interesting. It sort of might suffer from EA's um, but I don't want to say typical fault of the game looks very pretty, looks very good, but lacks a bit of depth, mm-hmm. um, but yet to see. Um, Battlefront 2 is having an expansion. Battlefront 2 obviously caused a controversy about, it was a while ago now, about the whole loot box yeah, yeah. issue. So um, Battlefront 2, not a fan favourite uh, because of that. Um, weirdly enough, they also announced a new Star Wars game that was announced with all the sort of um, a plum of me telling you what I had for lunch. Uh, sure. which, they were just sort of like, yeah, new Star Wars game. You can hold a <laughs> lightsaber. Um, which was really strange. They should have really made more of an effort for that. And um, that's being made by Respawn, who made Titanfall 2, which is actually quite exciting, as Respawn are very good at making single-player experiences. Good. Um, so that's great. Um, something else that came out of EA's press conference was um, a new Command & Conquer game. And Command & Conquer was a huge brand back in the day before originally owned by Westwood, who were bought by EA. And then it completely went downhill. Uh, and then they've dug it up out of its grave to make some really weird mobile port game. Which I'm going to be fascinated by this, because Command & Conquer, for me, is like an OG game. Like, that me, is yeah. an absolute classic. Um, so it'd but, be nice if they could do that. Yeah, but it's sort of it seems like one of the franchises they could really bring back in a big way and make a new Command & Conquer game. Because and you, it would be a phenomenal... A tablet or phone game yeah. that you could that you could port. So I yeah. get, is that the idea? Um, I think that that's certainly what they're trying. I mean, the mobile market is huge, um, mm. but it's sort of the last few Command and Conquer games were not great. Uh, to and it was sort of basically as soon as Westwood lost control of it and EA took over. Yeah. I mean, not to be too mean, but EA have a reputation for sucking in game studios and ripping them to pieces. And yes. Then, um, but yeah, so Command and Conquer got kind of dragged out of its grave into something that looked pretty average mm. um, which is a bit sad but who knows um, moving on swiftly to Microsoft's press conference um, we saw a new Halo game Halo Infinite um, that's what everyone wanted right uh, yes I mean I feel like I mean there's a load of IPs all over the place that at the moment I mean they can as you'll see with Bethesda later as soon as you throw up a name for you know Halo put an interesting sounding word after it and a 20 second trailer with some music and people will go nuts yeah um so it'll be interesting to see what happens there's a huge um sort of uh, average style of game coming out right now is battle royale games 
so um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is huge, and so is Fortnite. Um, so there are a lot of developers taking advantage of this current industry trend. So yeah, I didn't Call of Duty. Call of Duty will have one. People so, went nuts. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So Battlefield. So um, the idea has been floated that Halo Infinite will be a battle royale game, which will polarize uh, crowds. Sure, to say the least. Yeah, it's maybe it's more trend following than the the sort of Halo game that people would have wanted. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, who knows? Hopefully, the, I mean, either way. I mean, it, there's no reason why it can't be good, but. Um, the sort of style of following the recent trope is not not always a good thing. So they did literally just announce the name and um, roll out 20 seconds. As, of... far, as far as I know at this point, there may be something else coming out soon with sure. more details. Um, but and there, as far as I know, there's no release date on that fine, either. Fine. Um, another really big one actually was a game called Cyberpunk 77, uh, 2077, rather, um, which is made by a company called CD Projekt Red, who made the Witcher series. Um, sort of some of the best role-playing games of our, of our time really um, and cyberpunk has been in development for a long time sort of mm. five years plus um and there is some gameplay um and um there's still no release day announcement but the trailer looks incredible i mean it's sort of i mean to really sort of dumb it down it looks like gta 5 but first person and in the future in a very sort of cyberpunk dystopian sort of arena which yeah like blade runnery very yeah very blade runnery and it's sort of you know um very sort of 80s themed but it's sort of taking a lot of um themes from different sort of sci-fi places and pulling them, them all together yeah and actually and that's a very gta thing to do very gta thing to do as well um but it's sort of really interesting to see that uh come together um cd project red everyone really likes as a developer because they're not the sort to overprice their games or try and tack on extra dlc just to try and get you to throw some more money in yeah they're, they're very sort of straight and narrow they're not giving a release date at all they're saying it's ready when it's ready mm-hmm. um and it's i mean everyone loves that from them because they know the things they produce are really really good um which can't always be said for some other developers perhaps so i do think the just from someone who's only heard about this in the last 20 seconds the idea of a sort of sci-fi version of gta is very exciting there's a yeah. lot of fun that they could have there yeah 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 it's it's, it's gonna be really good um and from uh, some details i read actually in the past hour um of uh some of the um uh some press that have had some hands-on time with it um the word next gen game is thrown around a lot but mm-hmm. this is certainly taking steps in that direction so they're um, impressed yeah yeah very impressed so cyberpunk 20 2077 looks great hopefully we get it before 2077 fingers crossed yeah. um although yeah i mean who knows um devil may cry 5 has been announced as has just called that's a blast from the past certainly is yeah devil may cry coming out of nowhere just cause 4 featuring um it seems to be a, a static tournament i mean just cause if anyone's uh, played it is basically i mean it's like it's like gta on speed yeah um where it's just a physics blowing cars up throwing them at stuff in this game there's now a tornado so you can throw things into the tornado and it's going to go nuts and it's, <laughs> it's a whole thing um gears of war still coming out gears of war 5 on the on the way the division 2 which will be is equal to the division 1 um which was put out um a few years ago to not a whole lot of people were excited because it was a triple a attempt at a sort of mmo shooter slash looter um and it's the division two has arrived it's they changed the setting slightly but after watching the gameplay footage it just sort of looks like the division one still um so that will be interesting to see how much people like that um one of the big things out of this conference actually was um from software who make the dark souls series of games 
and also Bloodborne, which are, again, some of the biggest RPGs of the past couple of years. I mean, a game called uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, um, which, again, looks very much in the sort of Dark Souls Bloodborne vein, um, sort of trying to move that series forward, which would be super, super interesting if you're into that. Next. Didn't Microsoft announce a huge number of game studio acquisitions as well? Uh, yes. they Microsoft have been going pretty nuts in fact microsoft probably in terms of raw number of announcements had the lot the biggest press conference i think just i'm, I'm gonna say that and then do the research later um, yeah but, well just like watching on twitter like our colleague dom looked like he was having a basically a mental breakdown yeah. by the number of like announcements yeah. they were making yeah no microsoft really their conference really knocked it out of the park this year which they really needed because the xbox has been losing out heavily to the ps4 in terms of Music to my ears. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, and me to be honest. So, um, but it's nice to see some competition coming back. They are spending some money at the moment, Microsoft. You know, they, in B two B world, they they spent um, seven billion on GitHub, the right. uh, the, the yeah, coding yeah. repository. So they are they are spending some cash. Yes, it's probably all that um, tax back cash that they got from Trump. So, well, this is it. You know, got to got to spend it somewhere. Yeah, they also were very sort of. Uh, they made a, a commitment to sort of a new IPs, which is good because, um, as you'll hear, it's sort of. Devil May Cry Five, Just Cause Four, yeah. Gears of War Gears Five. Of War. Yeah, some new IPs would be nice into the uh, into the um, business. Um, the next conference was Bethesda. They announced Fallout seventy six, um, which will be really sort of a Fallout four point five. So um, that will be good. Um, Rage two, the original Rage came out uh, almost a decade ago, I think, which looks like sort of cross between Borderlands and um, and various and and Mad Max basically. Sure. Um, Another Doom game, Doom Eternal. Uh, another Wolfenstein game, Wolfenstein Youngblood, which will uh, see the uh, daughters of the protagonist of um, Wolf- Wolfenstein, um, uh, the re- re- recent Wolfenstein uh, game, um, Star, which will be really interesting. Nice female-centric characters. Yep, all, all about that. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. We're, we've arrived, 2018. Um, <laughs> Starfield is a new IP that Bethesda have announced, which is exciting because I believe it's the first new IP in 25 years or something completely uh, nuts yeah um so that's gonna be cool and also they announced the elder scrolls 6 um now the old so starfield the new ip will be coming out before the elder scrolls starfield is still in production so we're probably gonna see starfield roughly 2020 maybe 2021 which means the elder scrolls 6 we're not gonna see until 2022 yeah 23 can't, can't get excited about that. Um, so it's it's a way off, and and the the announcement trailer was literally a flyover of a landscape, and then the Elder Scrolls Six imposed, and then fade to black. Brilliant, cool. So someone a, an intern chat that together three minutes before <laughs> they, they, the conference. They did, yeah, and and it probably got more tweets than everything else put together. People really like the Elder Scrolls. Yeah, they do. Um, Square Enix conference. Uh, Tomb Raider is back for some more Tomb Raiding. Of course. Um, I'm str- I'm trying to keep up with all the Tomb Raider games going on at the moment. Um, a new, quite a new, interesting game called Babylon's Fall, um, which is made by the people that made um, a, a studio called Platinum, who made Near Autom- Automata, Automata, um, which was one of the best games of the past ten years. Nice. Um, some really, really good stuff. Um, also, a game called The Quiet Man, which will feature a deaf protagonist, um, which will, um, but it's sort of a sort of action sort of brawler, um, but adding in game mechanics that centre around having no your protagonist having no sound. Sure. Could make for quite an interesting yeah. interesting flip on it. Uh, Ubisoft are back with more Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, uh, 
for a long time like Call of Duty like Battlefield but worse was just churning up a game every year yeah. and they were getting steadily worse yeah. and they weren't out of this world in the first place uh, this turned around last year with Origins which was a really really good game um, and they're coming back with Assassin's Creed Odyssey um, which it will be uh, set in Greece and so we're basically getting Assassin's Creed 300 nice which I'm, I mean I'm on board yeah yeah I mean that just like elevator pitch yeah. works bam I'm, I'm, I mean yeah where's the pre-order button um, Beyond Good and Evil 2 um, which is a game that I feel like only the most hardcore I've heard of but it's been in development in one form or another since 2008 Beyond Good and Evil 1 came out in 2003 so this game has been a long time in the making um, there's been a few cinematic trailers that look really really good sort of rivaling sort of Pixar level of I mean the the trailer that was, in that, um, that was shown at E3 was I mean I'd watch a film on that trailer sure. I mean, it's really characters look great directions fantastic visuals just really really good stuff um a little bit of gameplay footage as well which people have been waiting for for a long time and it's sort of um almost um mythological the level of how long this game is taking to make so that should be interesting when it comes out um skull and bones which is a pirate focused pirate RPG that's pirates the thing right it. now isn't it pirates pirates, pirates are in yeah uh, we like pirates um, considering Sea of Thieves which was the most recent pirate game was very hyped and then it came out and there wasn't really a lot to do after you've played it for about 20 minutes yeah Lewis really liked it I remember he came on the podcast to talk about it when it came out and he like day one he was really into yep. it and then I think um, like sort of enthusiasm dropped off a cliff pretty steeply yeah um, which is a shame because it's it's sort of when you create a game that's that engaging and that grips people that quickly, but then also makes people turn off like that, yeah, something's weird somewhere. They, to be fair, see if these also announced an expansion, but it's just another map, and the size of the map in the current game wasn't the problem. It's that after you've done all the content, then which only takes you a couple of hours, really. There's not really much else to do, um, which is upsetting. Um, the celebrity role kept going with Elijah Wood coming out for Transference, um, which is a collaboration between Ubisoft and his production company called Spectre Vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a psychological horror slash thriller, which is part video game, part live acted. This is thing has sort of been attempted before and it's come across fairly jarring. Um, the sort of video game, but also live action film where you sort of make a choice and then yeah um hard pass from me yeah well i mean so hopefully this time will be better because it's ubisoft in collaboration with an actual production company mm-hmm. um it's designed to be played in vr um anyone who's ever played a game that's designed to scare you in vr that's a whole lot of nope thanks yeah no thanks no i'm all right um i'll play it on a you know i'll play it on a tv with the yeah. lights off i won't even go and watch hereditary in the cinema so i definitely won't i'm do with a you. vr experience I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you um and then finally uh, Sony arrived. Um, Sony had some big games to to show off. Um, the Last of Us Part Two. This is the one. This is the one. So the Last of Us was um, again M- my favourite game of the last decade. It's great. Last of Us is really really fantastic uh, uh, single player game. Um, last of Us Two Part Two got announced. Um, I was watching. Uh, I was basically watching other people watch the press conference. That sounds weird, but uh, people restreaming it. Um, yeah. People with more knowledge than me about the industry talking over it. Well, they released a really short trailer, though, didn't they, um, for this game um, about six months ago with um, the main character sort of sitting on her bed playing a guitar. Yes. Um, so it's not, this isn't the first we've heard of it. But no. Have, have we got a date now? Or? Um, no date. Um, we do have what actually looks like gameplay. So 
you sometimes when these conferences come out, you'll see something that looks a lot like gameplay in a trailer, yeah. but is actually just a scripted scene. Yeah, that's what this older one was. Right. So, so this, um, so this looks like actual gameplay, but everything was so well done and, and put together. So, I mean, this is going to get slightly graphic, but as the character is moving through an environment, they take, they, she takes an arrow out of a out of a out of a body and puts it in her quiver, and when the animation moves to do it you see the hand move to exactly where the arrow is on the person on the person take it out and then the arrow she puts on her back goes into her quiver and you can it's it's not like the arrow disappears and the quiver no. looks like another arrow appears in it somewhere you can see the individual arrow start to move around in the quiver on her back as she walks class so there's a lot of people saying is it scripted is it not i mean it looks so beautifully fluid uh, that everyone is hoping it isn't. Yeah. Um. And it was a very long gameplay sequence, so it would be a lot to a lot of big thing to sort of fake. But we'll see. Um. So Last of Us Part Two, two thumbs up. As a slight aside, were you aware of the um the fan theory doing the rounds when the first trailer came out, which I'm wholeheartedly invested in. I was not. So the first trailer that came out, and and just skip forward um, a minute if you don't want any potential spoilers, but this is complete conjecture. But there's <laughs> the the little video is of the main character whose name I'm blanking on. I think it's Ellie. Mm-hmm. Ellie. Um, she sat on her bed playing a guitar, like singing, and um, it, she seems like she's gone slightly insane. I think she's got some blood on her. And then uh, the other main character, the guy, sort of, comes into the room and then checks on her and this led to some theories that um he actually is dead and she has gone completely insane in the aftermath of his death and the whole game is going to be her on a revenge mission to avenge his death huh. which like i'm it. very invested in i'm <laughs> very well um maybe um yeah. there was the, uh, the the trailer itself in fact so it's something very interesting at the press conference where all the press were heard into a room with sort of candelabras and it was mm-hmm. very sort of weird and there was a lot of tweets going out going why are we in this room with candelabras then they turned on the trailer for uh the last of us part two and it starts in a dance hall with candelabras in it nice. on the screen which is very very cool um they're, they are investing in this game they're going for it uh, they're not messing around um the other one that they're investing in is death stranding now this is uh, hideo kojima's work following Metal Gear uh, and Metal also Gear 5. Also, the most insane game trailer I've ever seen. Yes. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's it's, it's up there. Um, it's I mean, it's sort of... I mean, I think it's another fourth trailer. Um, and sort of, you know, when you saw the first trailer, you thought the next uh, trailer will provide some answers. But we're now four trailers in and we're still left with more questions than answers. I mean, Yeah, it's, it's, there's like cosmic babies. Cosmic babies, um, black, um, giant... giant People with black holes for eyes, um, yeah. dead crabs all, all over the place, um, skeleton soldiers. Um, I mean, it's it's wild. I'm a big Kojima fan, but I do think that if you take the like training wheels off Kojima, he has the propensity to go absolutely mad. Yes, yeah, no. I mean, if this is with training wheels on, I'm curious to see what training wheels off. Well, yeah, like, like if Metal Gear Solid is training wheels on, then... then God help us all. Yeah. Um, it's Maz Mickelson, isn't it? Or Micklin is yeah. the actor. Yeah. And yeah. he looks just like himself. Yeah, it? yeah. Um, yeah, the motion cap's really good. We do know some things now. This last trailer revealed um, some more interesting aspects. So um, uh, the, the rain is... So it's raining in the game, which is assumed would just look like rain. But this rain seems to turn things back in time or super age oh, yeah. them. So there's a point where he puts his hand and a raindrop lands on his hand and the skin ages hugely. 
um, which is sort of very interesting, sort of interesting mechanic. Um, I was also keen to say that um, this game is about bringing people together, whereas obviously most other games that involve multiple people are competitive in some, some way. Um, this game is looking to sort of um, flip that on its head and is about sort of a community effort towards a common goal, um, which is probably nuts enough to pull off. Yeah, I mean, no one was ever going to accuse him of not being ambitious enough. Yeah, um, and I mean, he hasn't fallen short of that. No. So, um, I mean, even if it's a train wreck, it's going to be interesting. I mean, let's Have we got say. a date on that? No. 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 Um, One thing we do have a date for is the other game that I'm massively excited about, um, which is Red Dead 2. Yes. Did they announce anything or did they do that all pre-show? Um, I think most of that were pre-show and I believe, it, I, so I believe that's February. Uh, sounds right. Yeah. Weirdly, so a lot of games are pitched to come out on February the 22nd next year. And when I say a lot, I mean sort of 10 plus. Um, I'm assuming that's because it's just a placeholder date for Q1 2019. Sure. Um, but even then, there's some on the 25th of January, some on the 19th. Um, so I have a feeling that some people need to get around a table somewhere and say, all right, lads, let's figure this out so we don't all release our games in the same week. Fine. Because um, we're going to have a bit of a drought until then. So, yes. Um, uh, Red Dead, apparently, 26th of October, 2018. Wow, wow. Okay. Which is soon. Red Dead much sooner than we thought. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, Red Dead 2, uh, Rockstar, um, would be... Uh, Red Dead 1 was great. Phenomenal game. Yeah. Um, Never finished it, but phenomenal game. <laughs> I've done, I haven't actually, I actually managed to play it, weirdly enough. Um, but, I mean, it's Rockstar. I mean, they, they make incredible open world. You know, for anyone who just doesn't know, they make GTA. And they've yeah, been making yeah. GTA since forever. Uh, Red Dead was great. It's, um, yeah, so it's a Western version of GTA for anyone that doesn't know. Yeah, um, so that, and that will be just basically an, an incredible game to play. It'll be great fun. Yeah. Um, and the last thing, uh, from a uh, big thing from Sony, was a new Spider-Man game. Uh, Spider-Man games were always lots of fun, um, and that the sort of just being able to swing at very high speed through New York as Spider-Man, if it's done properly, it's just a lot of fun to just do, as you can sort of shoot the webs and swing, swing yeah. from buildings and things like that. Um, so that I was going to make an Infinity War joke, but I bit my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that will be uh, that will be also arriving uh, sooner than January, I believe as well. Nice, it's good. That's a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot of game content. A lot of game content. I I, I skipped out quite a lot as well. Uh, E3 is more than to, it can be fit into one podcast. I'm yeah, uh, but naturally, um, if you do want all of that content, then there is of course Tech Advisor. It is absolutely tech advisor. Come and have a look at our E3 content. Yeah, it's all there. It's all there. It's on Twitter. Um, it's it's Don Preston. It's uh, it's Sean Bradley. It's it's all of our all of our good people over here covering it on the ground and from the UK. Uh, quick roundup then. So E3, um, are people excited or are they disappointed? I think I think people are excited. So believe it or not, this was an off year. Um, wow! So uh, apparently next year is going to be the real, the, the, the real swing. So we'll see. But no, great. I mean, E three never sort of fails to fails to deliver, which is great. great That's stuff. interesting because as a very casual gamer, I think a lot of the announcements this year move the needle. Like mm. they're, they're they're announcements that excite me. Um, and as someone who plays about two games a year, that isn't a sports game, then yeah. that, that kind of um, I find a pretty on year. Yeah. yeah. Karen, <laughs> you haven't said much. Well, not a big gamer. No, I'm not a big gamer. So for me, most of that just went straight. <laughs> but um, for Max and gaming, there are some sort of uh, big questions, really. Yeah. Um, at WWDC, as I mentioned before, we learned that OpenGL and OpenCL are to be depreciated on the Mac, all in favour of Metal. And that's one of the 
issues is porting games to the Mac mm-hmm. requires writing them in Metal, which is uh, isn't cross-platform. So does this mean there will be fewer games coming to the Mac? Yeah. Does it mean that your games that you're running right now that maybe use OpenGL will eventually stop working? Yeah. Um, but there was some positive news at WWDC as well. I mean, and and prior to that, you know, we now have support for external GPUs. So. Um, traditionally, you know, Macs are built to have great battery life, etc. Things that you don't necessarily get with a gaming PC, sure. maybe. Um, so well, that's probably not completely true. But, you know, the, <laughs> the point is you plug in an external GPU and you've got much more power for playing games and so on. You've also had, you know, we already know that um, Blizzard is has already sort of uh, added Metal support. Unity engines being Metal since it was the first announced. Yeah. Um, Valve is bringing Steam VR to the Mac, so you know there are a lot of so companies behind, yeah. yeah, behind gaming on the Mac. It's just the question, really, right now is: is it ever, is it going to be able to cling on, really, yeah. as a platform? And will the sort of whole iOS to Mac OS mean that some of the games we people love playing on the iPhone and the iPad will they be coming to the Mac? So, yeah, I mean, obviously, no news for Mac users at E3, but. The big question right now is, should we care? Yeah. So <laughs> and, you know, if we do, are we going to be disappointed? <laughs> yeah, it's a time of great change. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for joining us this week. I hope you stuck around to the end, heard all of the announcements. And as I said, check in on our sites if you're looking for more information on any of those topics. We will hopefully be back next week. E3 will be done and dusted by then. And there will no doubt be lots more news. If you enjoyed this, please recommend to your friends please like and subscribe and from us here thank you and goodbye Bye. uk tech weekly podcast hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.